about comedy, concerts, and beer. Pilsners, loggers, and IPAs. Liquid courage just to take the stage. Backstage pass, got to feeling right. And everyone's welcome like an open mic. Getting drunk, waiting for the last man to fall. When it's time to take a shot, we yell, Cannonball! Jokes got you smiling from ear to ear. Our beverage of choice is beer, man, beer. Get back and relax while the beer foam settles. Now here's your hosts, Johnny Benson and Keg Kettles. It's Beer Man Beer, the podcast streaming in your ear about comedy, concerts, and beer. I'm Johnny Benson. I'm Jay Kettles. And with us today, the beer is Highland Homebrew. The man behind the magic is Tim Pratt. Welcome to the Beer Man Beer studio, Tim Pratt. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Is this your first time in the mean streets of Shelton, Connecticut? Uh, I guess, kind of. I mean, Bad Sons is close, but... Bad Sons not, is close. Not this close. So, I guess my second time. And we love Bad Sons. Yeah. Of course. We love ear beer as well. Yeah, a lot, of, lot to talk about today. I got peed on at a concert this past Thursday. Um, are you a big metalhead at all? You don't look like a metalhead. Uh, not really. No, a metalhead. No. No, you look kind of like Ed Sheeran. So I think you. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you, you know what's you, you know what's yeah. funny about that is literally every uh, school that I've worked at, students have come up to me and said, "Do you know who you look like?" And I go. Jesus, no. He's younger than I am, so he looks like me. Oh, I got you. Okay, do you ever right. s- just sign an autograph as no, him? I should. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I mean, I play the guitar, but nowhere near as well as he does. Well, look at you. do it all, man. Yeah, I try. You do it all. A few expensive hobbies. Guitars yeah. Guitars aren't cheap. Brewing beer ain't cheap. Yeah. Playing golf ain't cheap. Are you a live concert guy? Do you go check out the shows? I sure do. Did anybody yeah. ever pee on you at a show? Nobody has ever peed Someone on me. Someone peed on me. Okay, that was on. a first, man. First ever. That was a first. We checked man. out the uh, the 50-year rock gods Judas Priest on nice. Thursday. And a guy next to me was the size of a, a like a tank. And he looked like he was ready for the Luke Combs concert because he had a flannel on and he was all red-neckied out. And he had his cat, yeah, cat yeah. Uh, hat on. Yeah, looking like the Dukes of Hazard. And he was very wet. He was all. He was very excited, and he was pissing off a lot of people. He was pissing off a lot of people. He people whole, to the front and yep, to the side. He was ear flicking the people in the front. So I was worried that someone's going to turn around and think I did it, and I'll get knocked out. But I, I had to like take him. I was getting bumped by him constantly, and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, man. I don't want to make a big deal. Good thing I was where I was, and Keg Kettles was where he was, because Keg. Not a people person sometimes, especially when you're bumping into them, right? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm, I'm there to enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there to be bothered by some freaking knucklehead no. drunk. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. next thing I know, I feel like uh, someone's spilling their beer on my leg when I look over, and he's uh, hunched over and Mr. Winky. Of, that's it, man. Good thing it was uh, indoors or else the bird would have came down and get oh. the worm. Yeah, I haven't been to uh, any shows this year. I went to a couple concerts last year, but... You're a big Grateful Dead guy, right? I am. I love the Dead, yeah. I love the Grateful Dead. And J-Rad, specifically. That was the last show I went to was J-Rad now at, I noticed uh, Westville. Um, some of the cans. Uh, I, by the way, I love your cans of uh, beer because it's a simple but bold uh, Very font. Very clean. Yeah, right. Clean. Very clean. It, yeah. it looks, it, I mean, it, it's, it would be tough to make some of the labels that, like, other homebrewers, like, um, have you ever had any... Uh, uh, 
uh, Loaded Dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where or how he does all of his labels, but, I mean, those are, like, professionally done labels. I create all of these on Canva and print them myself and then apply them by hand one at a time. Yeah, I noticed you had some uh, Grateful Dead themed beers. and you had the- Yep, one of the, the single can that I brought of the uh, Belgian wheat stout is a Dead-inspired. Yeah. Nice. I've got, uh, right now I have five beers that are named with either Dead lyrics or... I guess song titles, not really song titles, because we wouldn't want to get any copyright yeah, infringement in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that has uh, given a good influence to beer and beer naming. Nice, man. Well, let's taste some beer. What do we got here? Sure. Yeah. The first one we got is uh, Belief is a Beautiful Armor. That is a John Mayer lyric. Right. Um, from Fairfield. Uh, from he has Fairfield. a connection to the dead. Yeah. Well, now he's in Dead Company. Uh, this soon is, to be just dead. Yeah, soon to be just dead. They're almost dead. They're almost right? dead. Well, the final tour, they're not coming to Connecticut, so. Oh, that's, that's been a big theme this year. Not a lot of good bands. Right. And I'm talking good bands have come to Connecticut this year. And, I mean, I'd, I would have loved to have gone and seen them, but I'm not going down to City Field or up to Boston, that's wherever it. they're playing in Boston. City Field was good. We saw them there a yeah, couple well, years ago. Yeah, it would be. But, but uh, we saw them in New Haven, uh, Hartford, Hartford, and they were just boring. Yeah, it well, was just a snooze fest. I saw Dead and Company in 2018 at Hartford, and it was it was a good show. Of course, that was four years ago, and with four years comes more age yes. on Bobby, yes. Billy, and Mickey. So, as we know, we've been doing this podcast for four years. <laughs> yeah, coming up on four years. <laughs> so, this first beer is a, a kettle soured saison that I brewed with Halotel Blanc and uh, a little bit of pink guava in it. Pink guava, I like it. Look at that. Yeah, nice and uh, heavily carbonated. Just canned these up for you guys last night. Well, thank you. Good look yeah, well, up. this has just been sitting in a keg for a while. and Look at that. That is a pretty yeah. looking beer there, man. Yeah, nice and uh, light straw colored. Nice head. Glug, 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 look at that. Oh, that's glug, beautiful, glug, 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 glug. That is beautiful. Well, there's a lot of smell yeah. coming through that sniffer. Yeah, so this oh. is actually the first beer that I ever kettle soured. Um. And it, it sat with some lactobacillus for 24 hours, soured up, and then fermented it with a Saison strain, and hit it with a little uh, pink guava. I think we're going to get some science on this. Don't yeah. you think? Oh, absolutely. This is definitely going to be a, a educational episode. Yeah. Oh, beer man beer. Mm, yeah, it does have a lot of just yummy aromas. Let's see if keg kettles goes in there for a taste. Oh, uh, oh yeah. shall I? Yeah, sure. Oh, pinky's up? Pinkies Cheers. Up. Up. His collar's up. That's Might as well go pinky's Should I put up. my douche scarf on? <laughs> Uh, we'll leave it to him. Yeah. If you're familiar with the douche scarf, our good friend Bree Hiltz, who actually wanted to have on here today, but she's singing in the Apple Festival in Guilford tonight. Mm, the Apple Festival. Uh, yeah, she has her own uh, imaginary scarf she wears called the douche scarf whenever she describes beer. So she does it very articulately <laughs> as if she's an aristocrat and be like, hmm, As she sucks on her douche flute. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, a lot of complexity coming through there. That is good times. Yeah, there's a lot of flavors flowing through there. Yeah, so you know, you start with the the sourness from the kettle souring, and then as it warms and towards the end, you'll get some of the like phenolic saison characteristics coming through. You know, some peppery notes and mm. very very mild clove. I think I got from this yeast this time. 
Definitely got the pepper. Yeah, a little juicy, yeah. right? A little juicy. Kind right, of and that's that's the little bit of the the pink guava that I added in the keg. But it's nice with the sour. You're not getting it in the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how normally you get those sours and you you the, the back end. Yes, it really gets you in the, like the back corner of your mouth. I don't like that. Yeah, the, the, this is good. It it got down pretty low in the pH, but then when I added the pink guava to it, it brought it like the the sweetness a bit broke as acidic as it was. Nice. Which was fine. I mean, this is the first time I've ever kettle soured and tried, you know, making a kettle soured saison, and I think it was pretty successful. I'll go, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a hit to me. And I just, you know, have still have like a half a keg of this, and my keys are downstairs. So. Oh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Really good. There's still some more in a can here if you guys want to keep drinking. Oh, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. So where did it all start nice. for, for, for beer? Uh, well, home brewing, um, like most people probably started with one of those like really shitty Mr. Beer kits. Is that what we had? No. no. The little brown keg. Uh, it's like the Snoopy snow cone machine of beers, yeah. right? It's like basically it's, it's just like a no boil hopped wart kit that you put in this like two gallon brown plastic keg looking with a tap on it. Looks like a barrel with a tap on the bottom. You put it in your fridge. Well, you can't put it in the fridge. It won't ferment. Oh, it's got to be warm. I've seen where you put them in the fridge. Oh, really? Yeah. So this was, um, ooh man. So at least eight years ago, I think, was the first time I ever did anything making beer at home. My wife got me that kit for Christmas, maybe, um, and it was just like a shitty pale ale that ended up being drinkable, but it wasn't like you got like maybe six like plastic PET bottles out of it. Um, and then fast forward at least three or four years and we went to my brother's 30th birthday party up in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. In Nashua, New Hampshire, they had this place called Incredibrew, which was, uh, it, it's a place where you can go and pay to brew your own beer on like, they have like a ton of like these 30 gallon kettle things that you can pay like. Say $85, it's a hoppy IPA kit. You measure out all the ingredients, you boil the beer, you add the hops at the allotted times for the recipe, and then you cool it down, put it in a bucket, and two weeks later you come back, put it in a keg, they force carbonate it for you, they bottle it, and they send you off with five gallons of beer in bottles. Wow. So seeing that whole process. How would something like that work down here? Oh, it would get mobbed. <laughs> yeah. More than likely. And I mean, we're talking five ish years ago now at this point. Where like I mean, think about five hmm. years ago in the Connecticut craft scene, what how many breweries did we have in the state? Yeah. Maybe half of what we have Same. now. Just That's the like boom been. Yeah. So hmm. um business venture. Right? I mean so I don't want to crush your business dreams, but they have stopped doing the beer portion of it. Oh, no. <laughs> what do they do now? So they, so they had beer, uh, wine, and soda. Ah. They don't do the beer anymore. They do the wine and soda. Yeah, maybe we'll make some soda. No, we right. can do it. We, or we wine. We can open up a place down here. Yeah. We well, know, it, we know mean, a lot of brewers. Man. It, would, it would be a really cool. So, I mean, seeing the whole process of everything was like, well, you know, maybe I could do this. So. That was January, and then uh, my birthday's in May, and my wife got me, like, a full starter kit with, like, a five-gallon glass carboy and two plastic buckets and all that stuff. And then, As we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, you know, we brewed a couple of um, partial mash beers, which is, you know, you mash just specialty grains 
in like a brew in a bag in the kettle and then you just add liquid or dried malt to it to give you your fermentables yep and then we did about two or three batches of that and then i said all right it's time to throw some money at this there you go yeah um and then i you know leveled up and bought some spike stainless fermenter and kettle and where do you keep all this oh boy let me tell you <laughs> right so currently all of my my brewery is basically in my basement in the corner of my basement i have a keyser a separate chest freezer for fermentation temperature control all of my kegs are up on the counter i have my can seamer and then a sink all of my kettles and the mash tun and everything that i use is kept in a closet in the basement and when i brew i lug everything up to the garage brew in there lug everything back down to the basement because i'm brewing with propane and i don't really have a dedicated space for it in the house so it's a labor of love for sure wow <laughs> man well shout out to your wife man we'll drink to her man for getting you started absolutely because it definitely paid off because you make some delicious beer well but also does she regret it mm, there are there are days there <laughs> are the days question. when i'm like you know Two weeks ago, I marathon brewed two batches of beer, which took me about 10 hours to do. So that's 10 hours away from doing anything. Yeah. With uh, We have a two-and-a-half-year-old toddler, too. Well, that, so. that's fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, honey, not today. Yeah. So, But, I mean, I, I most of the time I try to do double batches so I can get it all out of the way in one day versus, you know, I'm going to brew today, and then I'm going to brew tomorrow, and then next week I'm going to brew today, and I'm going to brew tomorrow. It's... You know, but I am lucky that she has, you know. Does she drink beer? She no. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so like I'll I'll give her thing like she enjoys this because it's like a sour kind of like a little bit fruity. Like she'll drink all of those like heavily fruited kettle sours. From this would places. almost go good with a brunch, I think. You know, like a mimosa, kind of mimosa, yeah. but not like yeah. not super citrusy, but. But I would, yeah, definitely serve this. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't uh, sit there and sling back twelve percent barrel aged stouts with me, but she'll drink. She'll try all of the beer that I make. Yeah, she's not afraid of doing, and she oh. definitely encourages my hobbies and oh, enjoyment yeah. of them. Well, you're a very lucky man. That's mm. it. I am. I've known my wife since I was thirteen. Oh, that's romantic. Yeah. So sweet. 13 uh we were like not really high school sweethearts but dated for a few years broke up got back together for eight years and then we finally got married next weekend is our five-year anniversary oh congratulations yeah, man. So. We'll, have to, we'll have to we'll ship to that to the anniversary yeah oh i'm empty you anyway. i think there's more oh beer. no there's there's, uh, more, there's still wait, some more in that there's can more right beer there. yeah but wait there's more and then that's it. Now, you went to school for cooking, though, right? Yeah, I have a bachelor's degree from Johnson Wales University wow. in culinary Ooh. arts. So, mm-hmm. um, And I did. Uh, I went to high school of vinyl, too, so I did culinary there. Vinyl tech, okay. Vinyl tech, yeah. So I have four. So you're not making burgers and dogs. You're getting the good shit on the uh, barbecue, right? Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. You get a little filet I've, mignon. I've done quite a, quite a bit in my culinary career, mm-hmm. and you know I'm only 35, but I've been in food service since I was 15. First job was working at Iliano's on South Main in Middletown. Nice, Iliano's. Are they still in business? <sighs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he's throwing plugs too. Nice. <laughs> I ran into Bob Backlund in Middletown one time. I mean, if I was going to do a plug for the best pizza in Middletown, it would be Mondo. Mondo, okay. Yeah, it's not Iliano's. 
It's That's mon- the second time I've heard that. It's mon- It's Mondo. I've heard that. It's their, Mondo. Their, pe- their sauce tastes better. Their crust is thinner all the way around. It's just better pizza. Well, how does it compare to New Haven style pie? Well, it doesn't. And now compare- like like Papa John's around. It's it a doesn't, better pizza. It doesn't. It doesn't compare to New Haven. Oh, I got you. But what's your best? What's your favorite New Haven? Uh, I like I like Sally's. I like modern. Yeah, it's modern. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. modern. I like but we're modern not going to talk pizza because we talk pizza all the time. We end up <laughs> and then we end up going off the trail on so, beer and we got some good yeah, beer. You know, pizza great. Perfect. Pizza's great. On to the next. Right. But uh, you said Mondo is good. Hmm. You ever hear of a band called Mongo? Mongo, no. Yeah. Well, the, guess what? You're about to. They're no. just as good as pizza. <laughs> Having a blast with Tim Pratt. He's got some more beers for us to try. And we're going to drink it when we come back. A beer, man, beer. Oh, yeah. It's beer, man, beer. We're with Tim Pratt of Highland Homebrew. We're having some delicious beers. Shout out to Cometa. I checked them out last night at Cafe 9. They were closing Emo Night, and it was a blast. Emo Night, huh? Yeah, a little emo action. Nice. They played some deep cuts from their albums, and they played some, uh, some emo classics as well. How'd they sound? Awesome, awesome. Little video on uh, our Instagram of, uh, of the show. We're we talking like a screamo emo type. Uh, they're not too much screaming. They're too much. They're more of a pop punk kind of sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what do we got on deck? Uh, the the next beer is going to be the. English stout that actually took best in show at the 2022 Nebco homebrew competition. Best in show. Best in show. A double gold. It got gold in the stout porter category and then got first place in best of show. That was fantastic. I believe there were about 114 entries total into the Nebco competition. And this, my friend, is the best of 114. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you have a uh, trophy case? No, but I have uh, the medals that I've won hanging above the keyser in the oh, basement. perfect. Yeah. This actually won a silver medal at Hog River in February in the dark ales and lagers category. And then with two more months of age, it got better. All right. Well, let's, see. Gold. let's see if it gets the keg kettle seal of approval. Right. It's been in the, it's been in the can since uh, April. So. Oh, well aged. I'm not touching it. <laughs> What's wrong with old beer? No, no, not that. You said it was in the can. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Looks dark and roasty. Oh, yeah. Wow, that pours uh, nice and smooth. Smooth, man, like motor oil. Oh, listen to that crack. Got a little crack. Yeah. That's how you know you're canning your beer right if, uh, you know, six months down the road. Now, do you enjoy doing these uh, festivals where you're pouring your beer all day? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun to pour your beer for people and be there for their initial reaction to it. Yes. Yeah. And you know when they come back for more, you know? <laughs> right. You know, you hit yeah. it one out the park. I mean, I did uh, um, Brewer's Ball in April, which was actually the week after this one. And 
like days after our family recovered from COVID. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a time, but it was, it was fun mm. to be there. The, uh, the third beer of mine is one that I actually poured at Brewer's Ball and also won a bronze medal in experimental ales at Nebco. All right. Well, let's check it out. Still has that. Ooh. Nice coffee roast to it. Whoa. Dude. That's good times. Yeah. I almost wish uh, Tom M. was here to taste mm. this. He's tasted this before. Has he? He tasted the first batch I ever made of this at a 12% like supporters gathering. Uh, this is the second batch of this uh, recipe that I ever made. Let me take a look at this can. Look at that. Imperial English stout. Yep. So it's a uh, it's majority English malts, all English hops, and then an English yeast. Smashing baby. Yeah. yeah. I do like it. <laughs> Very roasty. He's he the aficionado it. over here. Like, hey, Keggy, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It is very good. You know, not being biased or anything, but. Wow. A little carbonation in there too. I, I was just, I can't even describe how good this is, but you guys got to check out some. Oh, it's roasting. Highly- and uh, it is super roasting. December third, you're going to be pouring some of your beers at the uh, brew festival at twelve percent. Yeah, twelve percent. The second annual homebrew. Uh, they call it the um, Intercontinental Connecticut Homebrew Championship or something. Intercontinental. Really weird. Oh, like so that. It's like Randy Savage. They got, they got a nice Ooh, big yeah. trophy for it that uh, Rob from Home Plate actually took last year with his dark German lager. Use the Schwartz, which was a great beer. Actually hit. Uh, cans and distro and was on draft for a couple of months really good beer i don't know if you ever tried it thought i had a randy savage sound effect i don't uh, good enough a burp works <laughs> go ahead go ahead you're thinking well yeah i should be drinking while i think he's got something on his mind he's trying to get out well i was because we, we watched that uh that episode that you were on with the uh, Brewheads. Yep. Shout out to the Brewheads. And uh, you're damn right. I know Brando's going to love this one. <laughs> he loves all this stuff. Anyway, uh, there, there was a beer that, that you guys were trying, and uh, you had produced it for our show. Couldn't get on our show. And I forget the reason why. But what, what was that beer? And did we, are we going to try it here today or no? Uh, maybe. Two, I mean, two of the three stouts that I brought to their mm. episode we're going to have here. This is one of them. Okay. The second one is the Experimental Ales bronze medal winning. Uh, it's a Belgian wheat stout that I made with maple sap as the brewing liquor. Okay. It could be that one. But I thought there was one that you poured there and that because of the time frame, we were not going to see that beer. I was just curious. No. The, so I, the, I forget what that beer was. The third the third stout that I brought was uh, the last remaining bottle that I have. My sister might have more. Uh, it's a special edition version of my A Perfect Marriage Milk Stout that I made. That might have been it. That was for my sister's uh, wedding. Uh, so okay. that, was a, that was a main um, sourced coffee and maple milk stout. Mm. Yeah, I only had one more bottle of that. So my sister might have more. Who knows? Because I, you know, made a whole five-gallon batch of it, brought all of it in twenty-two ounce bombers up to Maine for her wedding, and then she went home with more than Maine weddings must be wild. Huh? In October, oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, but the second the the beer after this is eleven point three. I think um, it's got some it's got some nice Belgian characteristics to it while still being roasty, as Brando would say, horsepower. Yeah, horsepower. This one only eight point seven, but. Eh. 
It's only eight points. It's That's fine. It. That's it. It's like a you know, it's an appetizer. It's not crazy, but it's still finished at a gravity level that I think gives it great body without being one of those like thick, super heavy stouts that like you drink one can and it's well, it's just too much. Your stomach's yeah, yeah, full. Yeah, yeah. No, you could drink stouts any time of the year. Oh, like Tom M says, yeah. it's always stout season. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and and people. Disagree yeah. with that. That's yeah, I don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll drink. I'll drink stouts in uh, on a ninety degree day in August. Ooh, it's that's fine. hot, man. Yeah. So, is it law that you have to put a government warning on on your can? No, but it makes it look more official, doesn't it? It does, because I was just curious about yeah. that. What is the warning? Homebrewers. Uh, in this case, it's just. A I mean, warning. a lot of a lot of homebrewers. You got your just... readers on? No, no. <laughs> I lost them. All right, well, I'll find one. Yeah. I don't feel like reading right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of homebrewers will just give you a can or a bottle. That has nothing on it, or a can that has like Sharpie written on it, or yeah, know. we got quite a few of those with Sharpie. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then and then it, it uh, sweats, and the Sharpie kind of runs. Yeah, and, and it, so you don't really don't know what's in the can. So I decided I'm gonna if I'm gonna can beer, I'm gonna make it look official. You That's know, it. I got my Instagram and the Untapped. You can actually like check in any of the beer that I give you on Untapped. We have that wow, capability. Yeah, nice. we have the technology. Nice. Now you do you won a lot of medals. Home brewing, and you got a lot of homebrew festivals. Does this get competitive? Oh, certainly. Yeah, it yeah. Does. I mean, it's always fun to see the whole homebrew family, but I'm thinking like behind the scenes, is there a little bit of uh, anger towards each other when you're getting uh, when you when you hear those third place, second place, first place? Uh, I mean, I've only won at two different competitions. Um, and I think for the most part, it, there's a lot of like encouragement within the homebrew community. Like you, I personally don't care if I lose. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I mean, I entered the Hog River and the Nebco competitions as a BJCP style, mostly focused on getting written feedback on a sheet about the beer and what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it, where it could improve. The one thing that they said about this stout, Lush, the Imperial English stout, at the Nebco competition, or at the Hog River competition, was that it could use some more age. So then two months later, at Nebco, it got the same score. So BJCP is scored out of 50, and at both competitions, it got a 41. So it took second at Hog River with a 41, and it took first with a 41 at Nebco. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see the sheets of like what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. But I think a lot of people want to win, so when they don't, they can be disappointed. Is there but, any other uh, home brewers that you had something that you really liked? Oh yeah, I mean I, I can't really think of. I mean there are a few I wouldn't want to like name them. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but like a style or a. Uh, um, you wouldn't even use it to water your plants, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few beers from home brewers that I've tried that I didn't like. Oh sure, right? Know. But I mean, oh shit, same here. That's the know. fun. That's the fun stuff. Separating um, the. Uh, uh, good from the, the mediocre. One of one of my friends, uh, Ben from Redbud Homebrewing. Okay, he was at. He was actually one of the people that advanced to the second round in the first twelve percent competition. Who? Ben Redbud Homebrewing. Is that Connecticut based? He was. Now he moved back to Germany. So he's he's German. He was oh. here on like a work visa for like three or four years. Never heard of him. Um, and then he brewed a lot. Yeah, he's got. A lot of fancy shiny equipment. If you follow him on Instagram, you can see it. Nice. Uh, but he's back in Germany now. He's got a like a year old little girl. 
a lot all of his beers uh, like his new england ipas were like the haziest and like palest yellow that you've ever seen some of some of the best um tom from loaded dragon i love all of his beers yeah you got candy with them right you got a little bit of a sour patch kids oh, oh yeah, kids, yeah. <laughs> yep do you ever have any time for any hobbies other than brewing beer Oh, sure. Yeah, I play as much golf as I possibly can. Gambling's illegal at Bushwood and I never slice. <laughs> How much uh, of an influence was uh, the movie Caddyshack on your golf game? Oh, I'm too young for that. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, I didn't start I didn't start playing golf until I was... Um, You're never too young for Caddyshack. Well, I've certainly seen the movie. I was going to ask you, did you see the movie? I've certainly seen the movie, but it's it wasn't like a, oh, I should play golf. You're not like... You, you, uh, people our age quote it daily. The The... <laughs> The funny thing is Johnny quotes it daily. Spalding, no. Uh, I got into golf when I was a um, in between junior and senior year of high school. Actually, mm-hmm. my one of my friends at the time played golf and said, "Here, have this really old pitching wedge." So I just started hitting rocks in my backyard with a pitching wedge, um, and then eventually, did you whack one right into the uh, the the. the <laughs> Sorry, you couldn't even finish it. <laughs> you whack one out in the, at the foot of a glacier. <laughs> Google, you go. <laughs> did you ever hang with the Dalai Lama? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Um, so, but yeah, I, I basically from there never, never took a lesson. Never any mini golf in your. Uh, in your oh yeah, mini golf. Like yeah. it. Everybody plays mini golf. Yeah. Okay, good mini golf guy or what? You know, I haven't done it in years. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my, usually on uh, Father's Day, my kids and I will do mini golf. I'm the type of golfer that will bring my own putter and ball to mini golf. That is bougie. I love because, it. Because there's like, you know. Is it bougie or douchey? It's douchey. Yeah, totally. Little it's little totally douchey. Bougie. But I still do it. <laughs> no, thanks. I have my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of their Schmills. balls. I'll take one of their balls to hit on 18 where it like goes up into the thing. You can't get it back. I'm not going to yeah. use my own. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like a $50 dozen Pro V1. I'm not going to just. You know, not toss. the Titleist. You know. Poor house. Yeah, not the Titleist. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these shoes. I want them cleaned and buffed with a fine chamois, and I want them now. Now, chop, chop. <laughs> oh, man. How much did it influence your golf game? I don't play, but uh, it definitely has influenced my uh, constantly quoting movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big fan of uh, everything. All things Bill Murray, and we um we've been laying off the shots, and we, usually this would be the time where you yell cannonball, we do a shot, but uh, yeah, I completely forgot about the cannonball. Cannonball, yeah. My mind mm-hmm. is elsewhere. Anyway, great beer. Thank you. This is this is very good. This, yep, this there's is, another batch of this fermenting in the basement right now. Oh man, no, that is destined for bring out the gimp. <laughs> more competition. Right, what's a better movie about golf? Uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Mm, well, I'd say Happy Gilmore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if it's specifically maybe. focused around golf, I mean, Happy Gilmore, it it culminates in him winning the tour championship and beating Shooter McGavin. So it's more and of a golf movie. speaking of Shooter McGavin, he's in a new show on Netflix called The Watcher. Oh. oh. Yes. It's a great series. I'm on uh, number four, uh, episode four. I got to catch up on so much TV. But man. when I so saw much. it, I'm like, Shooter McGavin! So, yes. That's yeah. the problem with TV is that there, you'll never be no, fully catch. Uh, you'll catch up on everything you watch, and then, oh, there's something else to watch. 
It's really good. I woke up at three in the morning and Billy Madison was on. I watched the whole damn thing with the commercials and everything. You know, <laughs> Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> there are movies that when they're even if they're on TV with commercials and everything, you'll just stop and watch. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine has a podcast called Gutting the Sacred Cow where they uh, talk about popular movies and they uh, they have a guest on that will destroy point out all the flaws in it and then they'll they'll go over it mm-hmm. he, he he says something about a remote test those movies pass the remote test so if you're flipping the channels will you stop and watch the whole movie or will you just keep flipping so certain movies are remote test worthy and some are not yeah i mean i have one that's my wife always like just you know makes fun of me for one of my stop and watch it from no matter where it is in the movie is Coming to America. Oh, I love it. I, I know. Grown Ups. But it's <laughs> Deadpool. But it's not like a movie that most people would say. And my wife's always just like, you're really like just going to stop and watch this? Yeah. Oh, man. It's I Coming to America. I don't know. Is it because is it you're younger that your, your wife would say that? Or I don't know. Because that's a classic to us, man. Yeah. yeah. Good morning. <laughs> Hey, fuck you! I think it's just not a movie for her that like is. Hey, it's not one of her do. stop and watch movies. She's always she into the rom coms and stuff. Yeah, ah, yeah. those are brutal. Yeah, but every Christmas season, you know, a good Hallmark movie oh. it'll get you. Not watching that Chevy Chase <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Christmas vacation. vacation. It's the best Hallmark channel. I can't believe that's an actual channel. Yeah, I mean, all the movies are the same. I can't believe Lifetime's a channel either. Right, the, the Weather Channel. <laughs> It's Even that one. sucks. It's all fake news. My grandmother would watch that like it was gone with the wind. <laughs> She's glued to it constantly. The Weather Channel? Yes. That's your watch. She watched like I watched football. By the Whoa. way, Giants won today. They did. Yeah, they did. what a win. Mm-hmm. What a season they're putting Shut together. up. Who cares? Don't ah, Giants you. fans care. You know, you know You know. You know how it goes. I know. Knock on wood. When we yeah. get, when we get happy. Things go. go I south. mean, but think of the teams that they've beat already. I know. Man. Shut Ravens, up. I don't want. I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, All right. Let's, ne- next this, beer. There was this one team that was good in 1985 that they beat this year. <laughs> <laughs> they had a rap song. <sighs> yeah. You know, though, my. But I'm going to take you back to a time where me and Johnny went and saw a Chicago Bear Giant game and oh, we yeah. beat them. Oh yeah. The Bears oh, only yeah. by three, but still. Hey, by the way, still, it, Keg Kettles was in full gear, full Chicago Bears gear, and go Bears and. All the screaming Giants fans around him. He he did not care. He was, oh man, oh, they yeah. were all pissed off. Yeah, yeah, and I kept yeah. looking. I was pointing at all of them. They're like, Shut that's asshole. like the the one time that I went to Yankee Stadium with all of my friends who were Red Sox fans. Oh, I'm a Braves fan. Shut up. So I'm walking Get, around. Wait, are they still? Right, to be we're, we're done here. No, we're done here. No, we're they were eliminated. All right. Boop. Yeah, by the Phillies. Thankfully, I, can they still be are, called the Braves, are, or is that? Uh, are you a Mets fan? Yes. <laughs> Tried and true. I mean, hey, what a great season to then get swept Shut out of first place. And right. what's your next beer? We're almost <laughs> done. Oh, yes. well, still, I still got quite a bit in this glass. Of this right. well, hey, hurry up, because uh, I want him out. Oh, the, not, <laughs> the Dodgers were also eliminated. So I'm that's, okay with that. That's good news. What I know I, about baseball fits, fits in a thimble. So I mean, if if slurring. The, if the Yankees could actually lose, and we have like four, well, three teams that haven't been there really in a while, it'll be a nice. Everybody's a Yankees fan. No, I'm not the frick. All right. I'm not a Yankees fan. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, but everybody's a Everybody Yankees is fan. Yeah. Everybody. Since yeah. you're the, you're a master uh, chef, right? I would say. Sure. Right? All right. What would what Super Bowl party? What's on the spread? On my spread? Yeah. Typically, really easy to make stuff. I mean, I haven't had an actual Super Bowl party in a few years. Ooh, I got a good question for you. Yeah. Beer cheese. You got a recipe? 
Also, one time I made this fantastic beer cheese with um, when Fat Orange Cat was still in the barn in East Hampton okay. with their uh, Jalapeno Jack cream ale. Wow. Hmm. And what, what kind of cheese? Oh, I just use the Super Sharp Cheddar. Yeah. Good man. Good because man. Swiss sucks. Well, well, Swiss is gross. Why would you do Swiss with a beer cheese? Well, anyway? because fondue, when you look at fondue, when you make fondue with you know any kind of cheese, normally the first ingredient is Swiss. Yeah. No. Do you fondue, Tim? No. Yeah, you I just, fondue, <laughs> and it is delicious. I just took, I just took a, uh, they were like doing their own crowlers. So I had a crowler of jalapeno jack. I poured half of it into a pot. Threw some sharp cheddar in there. Right, right. Let it all melt together. Uh-huh. Drank the other half of the crowler myself. Good man. And I had some, like, you know, big soft pretzels to dip. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. In that See, jalapeno I, jack. I found it before, before I came here. You know, I I sauteed up some fresh jalapeno and onion and tomato and threw it in there so it had some chunk into it. But yeah, the jalapeno jack, man, do I miss those small batch beers oh. in, the, in the shed in East Hampton. They're not doing it anymore. Any fat orange cat beer you drink now is all brewed out of 12%. Yo, fat cat, what's happening, man? <laughs> yeah, I did hear that, yeah. which is unfortunate. At a lot of, I mean, I don't know if it was 100% the reason, but there were a number of instances where children were, like, throwing rocks at their goats oh, and no. chasing the chickens around, and that's they live there, so it's like... And this is why I say no fucking children at these breweries. Yeah. And keep your dogs out, too. Just saying. You got a dog? I do. She's a uh, pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. See, exactly. Yeah. Don't right. bring your freaking dogs to breweries. No, That's gross. I mean, I don't That's even, not good. We don't, we don't really bring this dog many places because she's just, she's a, a boxer pit mix rescue who just never settled down. Uh, so she's okay. a pain in the ass. Um, but last February 2021, um, our uh, Jack Russell died we had to put her down after oh, 10 sorry, years yeah. it was oh, um but you know born out of that heartache and misery was my buying the can seamer look at that you know i grief spent some money you gotta grieve some way you gotta pooch, grief spent pooch, some pooch money took one for the team yeah some people go on amazon and buy a shitload of stuff yeah. you know, some no other other people buy a can seamer and That's so it. i'm gonna evolve my brewing Last cat passed away. I loaded up on bologna and cocaine. Oh, I can't wait for our cats to pass away. <laughs> that is I mean, not true, by the way. I mean, it's, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> it's awful to say, but when you know, we have a 15 year old cat who mm-hmm. just like no matter what you do will piss all over the floor. Oh, that cat got to go. Yeah. Oh. Um, Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And then the other cat just never comes out until the food bowl is empty, and then she'll scream at you until you fill it. Yeah. Uh, right now, all three of our animals are pretty brutal. I had a cat that got stuck in a chimney for six days. It's like our Jack Russell who passed away, Elliot, was the only animal that was fine. Oh, good. And, of course, she was the one who had to die first. (sighs) Yeah. But it was a very sudden. Anyway, we don't need to talk about depressing stuff like animals dying. No, no, no. We got beer. We got delicious beer. (laughs) And, of course, we we got one more stout coming up. Oh, yeah. Little angry punk music from Damn Broads going into break, and we're going to come back with another delicious stout for the Highland Homebrew.
she is angry. Aren't they all? Cannibal. Feel that bass. In with the keys. It's Beer Man Beer. Yeah, a little John Spignezzi band for you. Right out of Brantford, Connecticut. That's it. This is more your style of tunes, right? Yeah. A little, little jam music. Nah. Maybe smiling over here. That's it, man. That's it. Do nice, a little tap, too. Nice tie-dye, smoke a bowl. And a hidey ho <laughs> And have a nice stout from Highland Homebrew. Uh, is the last brew we got here? The last uh, stout? Yeah, it's the last one of mine. It's, uh... This is, uh... Number five in the Dead series of my beers. Uh, lovely View of Heaven, Imperial Maple Belgian Wheat Stout. Uh, I brewed this one uh, with, I got I got 10 gallons of maple sap directly from Durham Sugar House. Whoa. Yeah. That would be great on pancakes. Uh, well, the, I mean, the sap really doesn't taste like syrup. Oh. <laughs> you got to boil it down. It's, yeah, you got to boil it. Like 10 gallons of sap would probably get you maybe a quart of syrup. Oh. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot. But using the sap provided all, like already some sugar. So, you know, I, I took all of the measurements of the sap itself, the pH, the gravity, just to be sure. Um, it, they ran it through their own filter. So it's not like there's, you know, bugs and stuff in it. Um, but it came in already at 10.04 with a, a gravity. Water, oh. is, water is usually, you know, one zero straight or 0.99, whatever. Um, pH was like right on seven around like a normal water. Um, and then I brought it up to temperature, mashed all the grains. There's like no water from my faucet in this beer. Nice. And then at kegging time, I added some of... Durham Sugar House's like final run of the year. They're like super dark, mapley amber syrup. Some grade A stuff right there. To give it the like mapley flavor. Uh, and then this was fermented with a Belgian ale yeast. So it's going to be like, it's going to have, you know, a Belgian characteristics. It attenuated super high. I mean, I was expecting this to finish maybe at 10% and it went all the way to 11.3. Oh boy. Yep. And mm. so I entered this one also into Nebco and it took a bronze medal in the experimental ales category. Nice. Yeah. And this is the only surviving can of it in my basement. So. Look at that, man. It's a, yeah. it's an exclusive. <laughs> crack. Hell of a crack there. All right. Oh, Ooh, that sounds delicious. Ooh, oh boy, is this great. Wow, this looks like it. Is this one darker? Uh, I don't really think so. A lot of my stouts have the same general mm-hmm. base grains. This is definitely a lot less roasty. Yeah. That's good, though. Oh, man. Quite smooth. That would go with a nice cigar. Yeah, it would. 
And it's hard to tell that that's 11.3%. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't taste any booze. I just taste that nice stout flavor, you know? Yeah. This one's also, uh, this was canned on May 1st, so. Oh, boy. It's been in the can for a while, too. All I do is just, like, write. Nice. I don't have the technology to print. You'll you know, get like, there. Like yeah. Treehouse. You know, they put like sayings on the bottom oh, of all the Oh, Treehouse. Yeah, those yeah. Nazis, come on. <laughs> Only two beers. They'll look like a stop will chase you out. Are you a fan of Treehouse? What are some of the oh, bre- yeah. what are some of the breweries that you're a fan of? Um, I mean, my favorite Connecticut breweries are um Coles Road is definitely up there. Um Oh, you've I, been up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean Paul is Paul is one of the people that I've talked to a lot about my stouts. Like he's given me insights on how to brew stouts better between like how to handle dark grains and how they affect your mash pH, um, mashing at specific temperatures, like just yeasts to use all that stuff. He's, he's been really helpful in developing the stout game. Um, other Connecticut breweries that I really like, obviously everyone loves Elvarium. Oh, um, I was just there Saturday. A lot of the brands out of 12%. Um, sadly, we lost kind of Marlowe to New York. Oh. Yeah, this weekend was actually their soft opening in Nyack, New York. So he's still going to Zach Ross. He's still going to come up and brew a couple of times at 12%, but he opened his own actual tap room in New York. Nice. So we kind of lost him. Why didn't he do it in uh, Connecticut? I don't know. Might have been more money. Sure. I mean, his location is... So a couple of years ago, um, have you guys heard of the Graining In podcast? No. No? No. So it's uh, Noah Bissell and I forget the other guy. He's basically the the front of house manager from Bissell Brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do a podcast called Graining In, which is much more like brewing. Okay. Like focused, like just talking about brewing yeah. beer not and all fucking that around stuff. and doing movie quotes like we do right which i mean, <laughs> hey, it, I mean sophomore it's, things. it's still it's still a great podcast to each their own but theirs is definitely like if i'm like interested in listening to them talking about techniques for beer yes that's the one yeah i think i learned um, all the techniques about beer from guys like you who come on our show other than that, but when we started this, I just knew beer was good. It tasted good. You right. Know I, oh, I, yeah. Anything I learned about beer, Brew, I, I, doing the show. I attribute uh, brewing beer to being kind of a mashup of what baking and cooking is. I got you. Yeah. So baking is very much a science. There's a formula that you must follow. And proprietary. <laughs> <laughs> There's a formula you must follow in order to get the desired result. However, in cooking, you can kind of wing it and make changes to mm-hmm. things. So you always want to follow the same style of recipe. Like you got to mash at a certain temperature. You got to make sure your pH is monitored. You got to like add hops at specific times, but you can also then play with things by using different grains, different hops, different yeast. So it's a mashup of baking and cooking, in my opinion, from my culinary viewpoint. All right. uh, what was I talking about? Beer. I, don't know, I think beer. beer. <laughs> oh, the podcast. Beer. The, uh, the grains beer. podcast you're talking about. <laughs> Greening. Right, graining in. So Zach uh, from Marlow Ales, he was on that podcast uh, maybe two years ago. And when he was describing what he envisioned his own brick and mortar to be, it is exactly what he got in Nyack, New York. It's this like little brick building on Main Street with like ivy growing up the side and like the inside is all just like reclaimed wood and brick. And Sounds it's, very British. Yeah, it's fancy. Yeah. But it is it is really nice. And yeah, you know. He 
he said that he doesn't want to just be like a brewer owner. He wants to be a, a creator of experiences. Indeed. Now, uh, are mm. you uh, looking to open a tap room or? A, a uh, I mean, there's not not at the moment. No. Like my my philosophy right now is that Highland Homebrew is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if I were to ever actually open my own place, I couldn't. I don't think I could use the term Highland How because come? there is the Highland Brewing Company in uh, South Carolina or North Carolina. I think it's North Carolina. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there are like other places like Highland Park Brewing, mm-hmm. and like the 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 word Highland is not copyrighted, I guess. But I wouldn't want any type of like cease and desist or no, you can't do that. Like stone. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah Keystone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or Firestone. Or Firestone. When when Stone Brewing. Yeah. Is it Stone Brewing? Stone. I think it's just Stone Brewing Company, yeah. If you use the word Stone in your title of your brew, you know, your, your tap room or whatever the case may be, they go after you. Who, Firestone does? No. The tires? Stone. Sto- oh, stone. Like Stone yeah. Brewing Company. They're very litigious. Oh. Yeah. Because he took the word stone and copyrighted it That's genius. Or, or trademarked it. So like when Keystone had like Keystone on their cans, like they went after him for that. Because oh of God. stone, you yeah. can't have stone in your, in your title. What about the Flintstones? Well, I mean, How the about the Rolling stone. Stones? Are they in trouble? No, because they're not brewing beer. Oh, Maybe yeah. they had brew named after them, but maybe, you know, like hate breed. Yeah. But for now, everything is, it's just home brewing. It's home brewing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, Highland homebrew came from the fact that I live on Highland Terrace. I got you. All right. Yeah. So it's not the most original name. So it's not Highlander the movie or nothing. No. Oh, Highlander. <laughs> but it was just easy. You know, Highland homebrew, HH. It, it was just easy. And, you know, my wife uh, had this logo commissioned from maybe Etsy. I don't know. No, very nice. Um, and then I turned it into, you know, the brand. So we got the nice new sticker on the table. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Nice. As you're covering up Matt Knight's sticker. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, you can still read Matt. You yeah. can still read it. And when yeah. somebody comes we here next, here. they can cover up some of mine. We're well, just That's trying to kick up some controversy here. <laughs> Overlap, overlapping. No, Matt Knight would never... No, nah, Matt He's Knight's a nice, nice guy. guy. Nice guy, Matt Knight. And eventually we'll get into his basement. There's always money I in the know, banana stand, I Matt. No, you ever... I'm not, there's a guy with a, a man cave. Well, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, like I've... You brewed with him, right? I haven't brewed no, with him, okay. but I've I've seen like obviously I follow him on Instagram and all that, and like he just like installed his new trio setup from Spike. I mean that's like that's the almost the dream for any home brewer is to have a trio system from Spike. So you have your like hot liquor tank, your boil kettle, and your mash tun. Like those things aren't cheap. It's like John Taffer came in and redid Look the place. Yeah. He's, he's kind of <laughs> salivating here. Those it's those things like, are. He's a drool rag. Like if. It, it, the ultimate goal would be to get at most like probably a 30 gallon trio system. But mm-hmm. if you get the 30 gallon trio with tri clamps, I mean, you're looking at like $9,000. No, I know you got the big, you got your brewing area in your basement. Do you have a good spot to drink beer and enjoy it? You Anywhere in the house. Anywhere really? in the house. That's I got it. a, you know, I got a deck on the back of the house and like a fully fenced in yard. That's mostly private with like tall trees. And we live at the end of a dead end road. So perfect. Yeah. Nice and quiet until the, toddler comes you know, screaming and demands you push him on the swing for oh, an hour okay. that's okay the toddler will grow right what happened to me was eventually I, he'll be brewing beer with me i, I too live in a, on a, a, a dead end street but <sighs> the state decided to put pickleball courts right next to my house oh boy so all i hear is 
constantly. Good luck selling long. that house. Brutal. I know. <laughs> no, no. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying there. Staying there. Got to have the 4th of July party every year. Well, yeah, that's right. You said you had we a do, huge do, backyard. We, we do because we have a rich neighbor who buys like 20 grand worth of fireworks every year. Mm. And when the fireworks explode, you feel the debris hitting you. So yep. it's like... It's like they oh, yeah, go, chunks of cardboard. Boom, 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 it's like you feel like you're it's in like Vietnam. The whole world, the words. All right, this is eleven percent, right? I'm, I'm slurring. Eleven point three. You haven't even had I'm, a lot of it. I'm slurring, man. I'm slurring. As Vanessa Hollings would say, would say, if you think you're slurring a little, you're slurring a lot. If you can notice, well, she's it, dry, right? Other uh, people notice it. <laughs> so dry, you can scratch the word. Dry. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, this this brew I'll definitely Tasty. do again. Um, it'll be like a once a year type thing when the sap is running for maple production. That's when I got it. I think I brewed it in late March. And look, Jerry's on the moon. Look at that, yep. man. Standing on the moon. Beautiful dead, man. Now, uh, is there a style of beer you prefer to drink? Or? Uh, I mean, lately and what most of my like brewing focus has become is stouts and saisons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I can drink any style. Lagers are great. It's always great. You know, I have a nice crispy lager. It's always lager season. It's always lager season. It. It's now, always. How's that time, man? Stout <laughs> season. From what I heard um, on your episode of the Brewheads, you're not a fan of the hype beers, is it? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's. The problem is, as a home brewer, when you're chasing hype styles, yeah. well, just... let's explain that to anybody who's listening. Who what, what is know. a hype style? Yeah, hype style is um, what most of the people are pushing to the public. So you have those the fruity seltzer shit. Super, yeah, super fruited. Yeah, it's not a fucking beer. Super fruited kettle sours with like yeah. marshmallow and ice cream powder and which I'm having a sip of stuff. right now because I stopped at Alabama. What is ice cream powder? Is it that astronaut stuff that you buy? At the museums? I think it is. Yes. You know, the freeze-dried ice cream sandwiches that are so freaking delicious. Oh, you got them at D.C. at the uh, Air and Space Museum. Exactly. You know what? Throw those in a beer, you might have something. You might. Yeah. But my, I mean, my thoughts on the hype style is it's what the public really likes. So the problem and I guess the just the overall nature of the 12% homebrew competition that's happening December 3rd. Tickets will probably be on sale by the time this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it it might even be passed. Um, uh, the first we round, hope you won. The, yeah, the first round is ultimately judged mostly by the public. Mm-hmm. So you need to appeal to the public. So like my plan is, I have two beers fermenting now that are planned for if should I make it to the second round, that is a hundred percent judged by the twelve percent brewing panel. So all people who brew or are in the industry and know beer. The beers that I'm going to brew for the first round, one of them is very much a hype-style beer. The second one is like what, kind Will you of, say that? I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm making a hype-style beer. No, I mean, I'm excited for it because it'll be like... It's it's another kettle-soured... It's a kettle-soured pale ale that I'm going to add mm-hmm. um, Kool-Aid powder There to. you go. So That's like, innovative. So it's, so, <laughs> but see, the, this is the reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but from people who like are into that super fruited uh, stuff, I, I'm all about it. <laughs> right? I'm see, all about the adjuncts, man. See, I'm on keg side. Like, I'm making yeah. it, but I'm like, eh, yeah, you like you a know, beer traditional right. style, a beer that tastes like a beer, right? 
So the two beers that I'm going to bring to the first round are the kettle soured pale ale that I'm going to hop with um, Citra and Sabro. And then it's going to have some lactose in it, so it'll help the sweetness out. And then I'm going to add unsweetened Kool-Aid powder to the keg. So it'll basically taste like Kool-Aid, but it'll be like alcoholic and beer. What flavor Kool-Aid? Just Tropical Punch. So it'll be like a deep red. Yeah. The other beer is going to be a Belgian Saison that I'm fermenting on top 12 pounds of local nectarines with sweet orange peel. That sounds... So that'll that'll be more of a traditional style beer... With, you know, like some really like when I got these nectarines in at work, I tasted one and I was like, holy shit, these need to be beer because they were that good. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't want to drink something I got to freaking chew. Oh, you won't have to chew it. It'll still be nice and dry and attenuative. You know, these, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? You know, gateway, gateway beers for the women out there that like their fruity beers. No, it's not a beer. Enough with the whole fruit shit, the purees and shit like that. Because well, hey, freaking beer. There's no puree going into either of them. No. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. But all these beers that, you know, Transcend makes, and I know they make other beer besides yeah. that, but it's like, come on. A good majority Skygazer. of- Skygazer. A good majority. Well, Skygazer doesn't even make beer. No, all, really. all of their beer. <laughs> all, all of their beer. I mean, the people behind Skygazer, all of their beer is made by- the brewing team at 12%. Okay. Like the Skygazer where they used to be where Transcend was. And I, I know and there, then they broke all up this, all that yeah, history, yeah. all the drama and all the nonsense. But then Skygazer yeah. just said, "Okay, well, 12% here, I'll sell you my brand." Yeah. And then we'll make beers and we'll collaborate with other places and it's like Let me ask ah, you about a 12% beer. I had freaking one. beer. Yeah, there, and this is a beer as an example of not a fucking beer. Um a f- listener of ours. We uh, need to do a segment. Not, not a fucking beer. beer. <laughs> not a fucking beer. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners goes by the name of Fig Newton, and she told me I have to try this beer. Uh, and it, I, I think it's tw- it was twelve percent made it, and I think they it wasn't a a different brewer. It was them that made it. Right? Is it, is it the carrot cake? Did you try it? No, that was Evil Twin. Was it Evil Twin? Yeah. Okay. They made like somebody put carrot cake in my beer, or whatever. That, okay, that, okay, that was they evil had, twin. They had like a stout and a sour All version right. of it. The sour was amazing. Yeah, well, the I stout mean, stout was brutal. Right, but it was almost the same ingredients in both. Right, I mean, I love carrot cake. Oh yeah, but oh, nice cream cheese. Icing. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, have you ever had the um, the the kettle sours from Alvarium that have like cream cheese in them? I crumble. They're the the crumbles. No, but I and you know. I mean, that's that's pretty much. All right, what we're talking about. I have a can <laughs> of the hard slurp in. Uh, this is a uh, smoothie style hard seltzer from Alvarium, and this is what I pre-gamed with, and I'm still drinking it. It it basically tastes like drinking a frozen pineapple. It's delicious, but as Keg would say, so is it like a Dole Whip? Yes, it's a Dole Whip. That's yes. douchey. It is. But it's not a fucking beer, man. It's not a fucking beer. Well, that especially is not a beer. It's, it's not even a hard seltzer. S- it's not even a seltzer. Yeah. It, this is this is like a smoothie. There's basically. like no carbonation at all. It's basically no. There is. There is. There is. It's basically carbonated alcoholic water with unfermented fruit and ice cream powder. It's delicious. Ice cream powder, man. Ice cream. Powder. What is ice cream powder? I don't know. That because st- st- <laughs> we got something else to drink, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not mine, though. We're going to try it? Let's, yeah. try, let's try it. Sure. Right, we'll come back. We'll have another beer. We're having a blast. With Tim, as I look for a tune. Let's play a little bit more of uh, my boy John. Big Nancy. Not that song. It's too slow. Here we go. Look at that little flute. Is that a pan flute? That's smooth. I like that. It's like an ocarina. Delilah. Do you know any other way? More beer when we come back. Settle the score with you. Some stout keg space dancing as we speak right now. He's on the table. Don't eat the brown acid. Yeah, what's with that? I don't know. Some Woodstock stuff there. Don't eat the brown tabs, man. Tim fills our cups. What do we got, Tim? Uh, well, so it's not my beer, but we got uh, a tale of two pities from Timber and Barclay Brewing. It is a, a weeded stout that they barrel aged with. I forget the barrel in this one. I could look it up. Uh, but then it was conditioned on uh, hand toasted coconut and raw coconut. What, is that? what kind of dog is that in the front? It's a tale of two pitties. Oh, pit bulls. Pit okay, pit. Yeah. All right. Listen, that's looking good. I was thinking armpits when you said that the first time, huh? Pitties, yeah. <laughs> we drinking. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I smell it. Ooh, I smell, I smell Yeah. the, uh, the whiskey, right? It's definitely a bourbon barrel of some sort. Oh, you definitely get the bourbon that comes through. Yeah. Now, the Whoa. wax on the bottles. Yep. Is that to to make sure that no oxygen gets into that bottle? Uh, I mean, for the most part, they're using oxygen-absorbing crown caps. But yes, and also it makes it look cool. And you I was going to say, it makes it look really it. cool. Yeah. You can upcharge for it. I mean, these bad boys are 27 bucks a bottle. Wow. For a 16.9, 500-milliliter I just taste. However, it. most of Timber's stouts uh, are in barrels for like almost two years. Ooh. So the amount of time and waiting that goes into these, you know, warrants the price. That that wait, you taste it yet? Oh my! Not God. yet, not God. yet. But I'm going in for a, Google a sip. Moogly. That is dangerous. That's good. I feel that's way smoother than most of the bourbon uh, barrel if, stouts I've had. I mean, if you like bourbon barrel aged stouts, you gotta. This guy doesn't. No? I like this, though. Yeah, usually I don't. I don't like to have a boozy taste in the beer. So the... the but look at how it coats the glass. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's what I was saying earlier about how lush isn't super thick. Most of timber stouts, like the non-barrel-aged ones especially, oh, wow. are super thick. That is super wow. super thick and super sugary. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a syrup almost. Yeah. Huh? Um. Wow. So and and Barclay Brewing actually just recently released their 
um, barrel-aged club, which, of course, I had to be a part of. Oh, indeed. Um, so you got wow. t- you got six variants, uh, two bottles each, like and 22-ounce bombers, so bigger than this, um, of barrel-aged stouts. Um, there was a, a bourbon, a vanilla with rye, a maple bourbon, an apple barrel, a cognac barrel, and I can't remember the other one. But you got two bottles of each variant with a glass and a shirt as part of your like club membership. Nice. I mean, that was like 300 bucks. Oh. However, when you break it down to... $300 divided by 12 bottles, it's the same price as buying one of these individually. Uh, and then you got a shirt and a glass out of it. Look at that. Hey, honey, I'm going to go drop a bunch yeah. of money on beer. Well, ah, I'll tell you what. They, they spaced it out, too. Yeah. So, like, you had to put $50 down as your, like, reservation, and then you put, like, then you paid $200, and then you paid the rest of it when you went and picked it up. Wow. So it's not all at once. But you know what? Like, I also split it, so I only got one bottle of each. And then the other six bottles were divided between two other people. There you go. So I didn't pay oh, three hundred dollars cool. myself. Yeah. No, that's easy. Sharing like, is I, I signed up for the club myself, and then split the end cost with other people. Nice. Because yeah, three hundred dollars on beer seems steep. Oh no doubt, no three hundred dollars on anything seems pretty steep. But but Timber releases their bottles each each batch as he brewed them in basically twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. There would be an unbarrel aged version that would get canned and sold out of twelve percent, and then the the other half of the batch would go into barrels and sit for. I think the youngest I've seen was like eighteen months. Was the least amount of time any beer sat sat in a barrel. And the reason why it's not as boozy as you're accustomed to having bourbon barrel aged stouts is because most of the barrels are super old too. Oh, okay. Like some of them are like 12, 14 year old barrels. Oh, so really past so, the prime. So most of the bourbon like heat is going to be out of them, but you'll still get all of the like wood flavor. Sure. That you're looking for. Wow. This is definitely a sit by the fire with a yeah, cigar. Yeah, yeah. Take oh, a time absolutely. drinking Sipping. it. You're, you're not Slowly. pounding this thing. No, no, no. I mean, no. This, this is a nice, fine. It's 12.5%. It's nice and thick. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is really thick. It's good, though. It's really good. Yeah, you're not choking this thing down. No. There's no pound town here. No, I mean, if you pounded that bottle, you'd be... You'd be fucked. You'd be in a bad place. Yeah. I'm enjoying sipping it, though. Yeah, I'm just... Just just keep twirling this thing around my glass and just watching it just slide. It is. It's very smooth. But definitely one of my favorite um, things to have come from the pandemic was, like, timber starting to brew out of 12%, and then I think... The middle of last year is when they started releasing their lumber project, as they call it. And just every like month or so, you're getting releases. The most of them have like just a straight barrel batch, and then they'll have like an adjunct. So this is the one that they did with the coconut. They have a tale of two pities that was just barrel. But the coconut is nice. Yeah. It's a nice yeah. light. You, you know it's there, mm-hmm. but it's not like overpowered. Not kicking this this is also like pretty muted. The first I bought two bottles of the coconut one, and the first one was very coconutty. But uh, that was probably like three months ago that I had that one, so it's it's muted a little bit, but it's still. I mean, wow, that's really good. Really yeah, that's really. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And I actually, I have so they just released Borrowed Brilliance, which is their collaboration with. Short throw, I think. Um, and they did a, they had a um, 
a Weller foolproof barrel, which is like the straight barrel one, and then they had a twelve year, twelve year old Forester barrel that they did with uh, coffee, vanilla, and um, pumpkin spice. Wow! So I got one of each. Good, man. How do you feel about the pumpkin beers? I mean, it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm totally willing to try what Jason Stein of Timber Ales has done with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not one who's going and out and buying a 12 pack of Pumpkin or any of the other no. Rhodes Mary's Babies or any of that stuff because like I don't I mean I'm not going to drink it. I think Shipyard is pretty good. Shipyard Pumpkin. Yeah. I I, I, bought- I do like it cuz it's not like pumpkin it's kind of more like you get a lot of the the pumpkin spice, yeah. right? Coming through I the fall spices. A four pack, and I feel like it's a little heavy. What's it? It's right. Hard, it's if hard it to tastes drink. like you're drinking a pumpkin pie, that's yeah. not that's not, like, no. and that's how I feel about most of my beer too. Is that if I'm going to do a an adjuncted or a flavored beer, I want it to be beer first, and then like flavors second. Even I want you to taste really the beer. Southern Tier was pretty good. That's right, the one I that's, dumped. That's, yeah. that's Pum King, I think, yeah. right? The second tier. That might be the one I, I, I dumped that. Southern Tier. Uh, Southern Tier. Yeah. At the Five Finger Death, death Punch concert. Yeah, where my truck had broken into. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> you were at Moving a Five on. Finger Death Punch concert. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, the shipyard's pretty good. I mean, Ro- Rosemary's Baby, I thought was good. And then we drank so much of it, it's like, all right, enough right. is enough. I mean, Two Roads isn't really pumping out anything that's going to be bad. And their area, too is, you know, an area that I like to try to explore with beer too is like all the wild mixed fermentation styles. I have yeah, I have a mixed fermentation going on at home right now. A lot of the stuff we tried from there, uh I, I wasn't a, I wanted to be a fan of, but I didn't wanted. Up being, yeah, yeah, I think that's that, right. that's a good way to look mm-hmm. at it. Wanted to be a fan, it was something new. Yeah. And then yeah. it seems like every time we've gone there or I've gone there like yeah. we had the uh, what the lambback yeah. the uh, pear lambback we yeah. had it on the show here to me it, it just tastes it was like, like champagne. champagne right yeah. well so that's the firstly their area too is experimental yep so it's yep. all just yeah, like and eh, let's see mm-hmm. if this works and those styles are also supposed to be like heavily carbonated yeah so that's why it's like champagne like because they're supposed to be like three and a half plus volumes of CO two where it's like it almost gushes out of the glass if it's not cold enough yeah yeah. I think I had some cherry sour there that kind of I wasn't that thrilled no. with, you know. But the problem was you pay like fifteen dollars a bottle. Oh, for absolutely. The there, you know, so you pay like fifteen, <laughs> sometimes twenty dollars a bottle for like a little three seventy five that wouldn't even fill a pint glass. Yeah, and I think balsamic vinegar oh, goes that best. Balsamic, yeah, that one on a salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in a beer. Uh, we were not fans of that one. You know what, what the beer we're talking about? No, the uh, the philsalmic. Philsalmic. Um, so Phil went to Italy uh-huh. for some, I guess, uh, some equipment, and he got like this fourteen-year-old balsamic vinegar or something to that effect, and he brought it back. and He's like, "I'm gonna make a beer out of no. this," and he made a beer. No, and it was absolutely horrible. I mean, our opinion—we didn't like it, but the 1056 we, guys loved it exactly because they love everything two roads. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a fanboy, like, obviously, whatever they put oh, out, you're going to like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a 14, 20, 30-year-old balsamic just belongs on some fresh mozzarella and tomato. Oh, man, that sounds That's really it. It does sound good, yeah. Like, I've had, I've had balsamic 
vinegar, Some like nice just Italian bread, just straight there. vinegar that mm. was so old it was so syrupy that like uh. you just drizzle it on salad. No, I mean it's in a uh, good on a way. salad on a salad, right? Yes. In on salad, yes. yeah. I'm not putting it in beer. No, well, what, what was it like? A, was it a sour style? It was. I want to flush it down the toilet style. Yeah, it was just a drain pour. It was gross. Yeah, and they were probably charging an arm and a leg for a bottle of it or a draft pour because of like how old. It only came in bottles, I think. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't recall it being on tap. Do you? No, no, no. It came in a bottle. I think it was like $17 for the bottle or something yeah. like that. We, we brought it back here, had it with Sarah Martin, and uh, I think none of us liked it. But, no, uh, it was gross. That was back in the uh, early days of beer, man. Yeah, that's it was disappointing. Really bad. Yeah. That's all right. It's always disappointing when you spend money on something like that, and then you're like, this yeah. is a waste of my time. And you could have just spent, you know. You could have saved yeah, that you, money. You, you could say, yeah, you could invest it and had your own brewery. Yeah. Now, okay. uh, all right, since you are the master chef, I'm a huge fan of the show Chopped. Mm-hmm. If I gave you a basket, would you be able to tell me what you were going to make? Oh, that'd be I'm pretty. Going. I mean, I could try. All right, let me see. Let me see. All right, let's go with flank, flank steak, blanched filberts, uh, fruit roll-ups. <laughs> fruit roll-ups? <laughs> and, and marshmallows. What were you going to make? Oh, my God. Oh, that, I mean, that's, that's challenging. So, obviously, like, the, the, the fruit roll-ups and the marshmallows, you're going to have to turn it into some sort of, like, sauce. There you go. Because what else, like, what else can you do with sugary stuff like that? Uh, you'd throw some sort of, like, acidic, like, lemon juice or vinegar into that and turn it into, like, a gastric. Toss the blanched filberts with a salad and then have, like, a grilled steak with, like, a gastric dressed salad on top like look at that it's perfect man yeah i mean what is a blanche filbert i know i love that you knew what blanche filberts were (laughs) fruit roll-ups and marshmallows man i tell you now okay what 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 flavor fruit roll-up right i I gotta be grape grape (laughs) not strawberry or cherry whatever one Uh, i'm not gonna yeah oh a nice cherry i'm not gonna make it too hard (laughs) tie-dye ones it's a tie-dye steak (laughs) and that's what you'd call it Here's my plate of tie-dye steak. Tie-dye steak. Yeah. That, re- that sounded really good. Chopped, what the hell is a flinch, uh, blanched chopped, chopped was cool, but Cutthroat Kitchen, I think, was cooler. I don't Have think I've seen, seen Cutthroat that Kitchen? one, but so chopped. It's, it's like chopped, but where I can sabotage you. Oh. So like, oh, you, just... you, you start off with like the 10,000 that you would win, and then if... I like win the challenge, then I can sabotage the other two competitors for however much. It's basically like an auction. So like the first round, all three of us are here. Maybe there's four. Um, And I have 10,000. And it's just like the first sabotage is you have to use plastic cutlery. You don't get like your regular French knives. And I would say like, okay, I'll bet like $1,000. And if nobody outbets me, then you two have to cook your entire meal with plastic cutlery. Which puts me at an advantage because I have all of my. Oh, no, I think I did see the show. Yeah, and then yeah. and then like the next challenge comes up, but I only have nine thousand dollars that I could ultimately win, because every time you bet, like you lose the money. And I mean, I've seen people win at the end with most of their money, and I've also seen people win at the end with like fifty bucks. Yeah. But hey, you won. Do you cook a lot at home? Oh yeah, most most meals. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm the chef. My wife is an attorney. So, what does your wife do? She's a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't cook. Doesn't cook. She cooks occasionally in the courtroom. But I mean, 
She's not that. She's not like a litigation like lawyer. Like yeah, um, she is. She is a barred attorney in the state, but currently um, works for a nonprofit um, that um, advocates for like low income housing ah, that type of stuff. And she just actually got a new job with uh, Wesleyan University, working with their major gifts department. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you know. But I do most of the cooking, yeah. which is fine. Do you clean too? Of course. You got to clean up after you cook, man. What the fuck does she do then? You know, she does a lot. <laughs> hey, she bought, she bought the system, man. Not to discredit she's, anything. She's started, like she's, she started his brewing career. It's, Come on. You know, like a marriage is definitely a, uh, a team. That's and there's, it, there's no. I'm just messing with you, man. No discredit. I know. I'm just. I it, when she ultimately listens to this episode, I'm not trying to have do, her do, be do, like. Do you, you think know, she'll listen? What an asshole. Oh, she'll sit. Oh, that's cool. Well, hey, if she's a listener, we appreciate her. If anything, she's going to hate me the most. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Uh, It's good cop, bad cop, man. Come on. (laughs) Who would I be? You. What I do. Cut kettles. Break balls and make people pissed off. The ball breaker. This is solid. This is very, very damn good. I know. I'm I'm a little slower than you guys, but... uh, I'm just a fast sipper, man. That was definitely, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like like a fine bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're, you're going to taste it, smoke a cigar, come back a little bit more, mm-hmm. let, let it sit, let it, warm let up. it breathe, enjoy a nice uh, Blanche Filbert uh, smothered steak. Absolutely, with fruit mm-hmm. roll-ups and marshmallows. That's it. Of All right, course. so um, your beer is delicious. Where? Can we tell people to find you and your beers? Uh, so I am on Instagram at Highland Homebrew. No underscores, no anything, just at Highland Homebrew. Um, anytime you get a sample, all of my stuff is on untapped as well. Not that you, you know, untapped is a kind of, ugh, don't listen to untapped ratings. Okay. Um, I will be pouring next at the 12% Homebrew Festival on December 3rd. That is it, uh, 12% in North Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and then, again, I'll be pouring at uh, Brewer's Ball at Bad Sons in April. April. Okay. And in between then, we have the Hog River and the Nebco Homebrew Competitions. Those are the uh, more... Uh, those those aren't poured festivals. Those yeah. are submitted uh, cans and bottles. So we can't go there and taste anything. No. Yeah. But you can come there and, you know, support or do whatever oh, we'll you want. We'll yeah. Hold up a yeah. sign. Yeah. You know? All that stuff. Yeah. Hold up a sign. That type of stuff. Highland, yeah. Uh, and... and at some point in November 2022, I will be brewing my um, best of show winning lush Imperial English stout on the Nebco New England Brewing Company pilot system. It's a three and a half barrel system. I'll be brewing that and then it will be put on draft at the Nebco tap room uh, for all to enjoy and they'll I will be there enjoying they'll it. certainly post about when we brew it and i i will as well uh and when the like release party for that winning beer will be um oh we definitely have to know about that it'll yeah i mean they'll greg has told me they'll post about it as well and make a make an actual event for it because it should be really exciting and i mean you keg seem to enjoy that stout so that's good very good uh, and, you know, when we brew it on their system, hopefully it'll be even better. If this was a restaurant right now, what would the specials be? 
Oh, that's, I mean, that's like asking a chef what their favorite thing to cook is. It's tough. Like, <laughs> Who is your favorite child? Yeah. Or like my, you know, what people always ask you, what's your favorite thing to eat? And my response to that is always the, the dish that I didn't have to cook. Oh. Because wow. as somebody who cooks for a living, there's mm-hmm. nothing better than like just eating a meal you didn't have to prepare. Do you ever just like bust up, uh, bust up on a can of a... Uh... Chef Boyardee and just shake it down. Or... Not Chef Boyardee, but I will. I will certainly eat a can of Kraft mac and cheese if I have. Oh, to. so good! A, a box. <laughs> okay. I mean, a box is good. Right. A box of Kraft mac and cheese. Right. Okay, solid. And I make that for my son all the time too. But so. Chef Boyardee? No, Chef that Boyardee is poison. Bad. Oh, it's toxic. Yeah. Oh, it's so disgusting. Chef Boyardee is rough. But a box of Ugh. Blue Box Blues, I'll make and I'll enjoy. You or put it. You put enough ketchup and hot sauce on oh. it. No. Oh. I'm scarred from SpaghettiOs for the oh, rest of my life. Oh, yeah. No. So my brother, when oh. we were really young, opened up a can of SpaghettiOs, and the entire like top of it was moldy. Oh, so oh, disgusting. Not so, good. disgusting. So, so it's disgusting. like ever since then, it's like, well, now I'm never going to eat SpaghettiOs again. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Mold. Like green fuzz on the inside of an open, unopened can. There's no way of saving that. No. no, no well, no, you just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we like you, Tim, because you make great beer. Uh, we're definitely going to be December 3rd. We're going to be at 12% tasting some of your beers with all the other homebrew fam. And the, the best of luck to you. Thank you for coming all yeah, this way. thank and, you. Uh, this is a, a, a great time, and I loved uh, drinking this beer with you guys. And uh, Well, thank you. And come out at 12% because come there's 12%. going to be at least 20 homebrewers there pouring what they believe to be their best foot forward. And you get to taste some Highland homebrew. And Highland homebrew. Of Ted course, Kellers. I will be there. Where can we find you, Keg Kettles? In a cave somewhere. That's it. He's had a lot of stout tonight. I'm slow. Oh, yeah. Until next time, we're Beer Man Beer.